Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast, the Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast again. And I have a different guest for you today. It's a little bit different than what I normally do, and I'd like to share a 503C with you all today. And um, I have Elizabeth Peters with me today. Welcome, Elizabeth. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Miss Helen? Good. I'm doing great. And um, I'm going to introduce you real quick to our audience. Um, Elizabeth is the founder and chair of One Hope for Kids organization. Um, One Hope for Kids is uh, a 503C, and they believe in changing the lives of the youth by empowering them and provisioning technological access. Boy, we need that today. And I'm going to let her tell, tell that a little bit more when she talks about her journey. But we, uh, she says they are a diverse group of believers who believe doing life together isn't just a suggestion, but a necessity as we inspire and educate the youth. So I love that. That's awesome. Well, welcome to our show, Elizabeth. I'm so glad you joined us today. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Helen. Um, tell us, tell our audience a little bit about your journey and how you got to wanting to start this 503C, because I've always thought about starting a 503C, actually. I, I didn't tell you that yet, <laughs> but I'm telling you now, but I, I, I have that in my head to possibly start a 503C. So what made you start uh, this organization? Um, so my name is Elizabeth Peters. Um, I'm the chair and um, the founder and chair of One Hope for Kids uh, organization, uh, which is located here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, where do I start? I was born myself in Uganda and I was affected by the same predicament of having less access to technology. So when I graduated in my, with my development, I thought this would be a great, um, a great place to start. And so my first trip actually to, I believe in Africa, I decided, oh, why don't I help take some laptop? Actually, there were uh, iPads with me and mm -hmm. see how many kids I can help. Um, mm -hmm. So I flew down and the first place I was help, able to help was uh, the Children uh, Cancer Treatment Center. So this is a center where um, children would come during chemo and stay for free because at the hospital obviously is very expensive. So this is a free um, location where kids could come and stay and hang out with their parents. Their parents were allowed to live the, to reside as well in this place. And oh, they were very excited. They, oh, they love the iPads. They were so excited. And then when I flew back to Nashville, I started teaching coding classes because the one when I reached out to the Nashville Rescue Mission to set up a computer lab for them, because now I was already excited about it, they already had one. So I had to just teach them coding classes. And through my 
experience and having no access to my youth, I, I felt there was something missing, especially being in the 21st century where you don't, I mean, everybody should have at least know how to type or just have no fear. For me, it was having no fear when you have a laptop in front of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not gonna drop it. it. It's just in front of you. Why won't you use it? So mm-hmm. that was the main, that's where I started. That's cool. Great, great journey. So mm-hmm. let me ask you to tell, to explain to us what One Hope for Kids does and your current and your future goals for the organization, for the 503C. So our, at One Hope for Kids, we ensure that every child has access to technology. Therefore, we inspire and empower the youth by providing easy access to technology through the provisioning of desktops, laptops, and iPads. Um, we also, as we establish computer labs for the youth. So um, this is, if we break it down, when we establish those computer labs, we start from like the ground. If we get, we do the research, we find out where the children's service or school needs a computer lab. We, if they need furniture, we begin from furniture. We make sure we restore all that stuff. We ensure the cabling is also completed because having all those computers and laptops without cabling, without furniture, is not going to be helpful to these children because, I mean, you won't let them sit on the ground and use this computer. So I think one has to have this third or sixth sense of thinking, how are they going to utilize this opportunity and enjoy it at the same time? So Mm. it can even be just basics, um, whether it's just... um, providing other basic needs they need because they'll come and approach you and tell you exactly what they need and you want to go to kind of listen uh, intuitively and find out what exactly these uh, these young, young people uh, need to, to make their lives better. And our, um, what could help us, so our next goal would be to be able to go to other countries, probably mm-hmm. South America, Asia, other countries, anywhere. That's why even if we're in Nashville, it doesn't mean they don't like, they don't, they have all the computers or anything they need. Still, I mean, if anybody reaches out and they find a nonprofit, we go back, we do the research, we find out really, do they need this? What do they need? Or if they have the computers, what can we contribute to make their lives easier or even utilize what, what resources they have? Mm-hmm. So it, it goes both ways, but we just have to listen and see whatever um, the need is and then go from there. And then reach the need. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of us may think, oh, it's just the computers, but it's also everything related to a computer. You know, it's when you buy a new computer, I had to get modems and I had to get all these other things to make it even better because my computer is newer and it, it couldn't reach our modem up here. So it's all these other components that cost money and it just keeps compounding and adding, <laughs> adding up. <laughs> Technology is not inexpensive, that's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, it goes on to even mention, you might get them the modems, but they can't afford the Wi-Fi. They right. reach out to you and they're like, oh, please help us with it. Could you support us with the paying for the Wi-Fi? Because now we have the modem, the computers and everything else huh. for the Wi-Fi. And then you still have to go back and say, OK, um, we will have to use this chance we have. Wi-Fi shouldn't be a problem. We've got mm-hmm. everything else taken care of. We need the Wi-Fi. And we we just encountered that problem here in the United States where we all figured out when everything had to shut down in, in you know, 2020 that 
a lot of school systems were not prepared for the technology uh, flip, <laughs> let's call it the quick uh, flip to technology and kids not having Wi-Fi at school or at home because yes. they were used to having it at school. Yes. And wow, that, that was a quick, uh, you know, people had to really scrounge around to find what they were going to do about that. So um, how can you help explain or how can you explain the process that you go through to purchase? Like, I think you do supplies as well. So talk about that. And how do you go through the process of getting those supplies and the technology that the kids need? How do you go about doing that as a 503C? Or whatever, whatever you can say about it. <laughs> As a 503C, we, we are very dependent on, on donations, on support from anybody. And as a startup, mostly, and I think it, it depends on the, on the chair themselves on, or the founder, how they believe in, in uh, helping and supporting others. Mm -hmm. So on, for, my, for, the, for One Hope for Kids, what, what I did was to invest in my, use my savings, for all the so the beginning i just had to buy the ipads myself for the next um um computer lab we had to still again use um, either work with the local people and find out how best we can just pitch in every single month and try to make sure we meet those needs so we mm -hmm. start off with maybe the furniture then bring in the chairs bring in the tables and then after that, bring in the computers, get the wiring all done, get the modems all done. And it goes further on to, I mean, you had to build the windows, like um, the metals, the security to make sure people don't break in and steal the, the computers. That's true. Also, yeah. <laughs> it was, especially now during the pandemic where people are not working, people are just looking in what is in there, what's new, what's going on. Um, so the journey has been, we have to, go through buying all the computers, transport them over. And when, if we get there and the need is, we have to make sure the need is different. We have to buy the furniture, buy the cabling, make sure everything is set up for these children. So by the time they come in, everything is set up for them to begin working on the computers. Now we need also to provision for an instructor to come in or probably actually support um, this, the children's center or the school to facilitate the curriculum. The curriculum so facilitate an instructor who's going to be able to teach them about this um, the computer lessons they need to learn and gain at least gain that confidence and inspire, get inspired and empowered to be able to touch the, the, um, the devices because especially the girls I was mainly I think what really drove me is how girls are driven away from technology. Mm. So for me it was more the push I was like no they need not to, they don't have to fear they have to be involved and engaged as well. Um, so it's been that journey of starting small and then going on farther and then having the hope if you find, if, if somebody is rich, then they can support our, our goal, our, our mission, our values, and then be able to help other kids uh, grow in this journey of technology. Um, um, lately it's been, some churches have provided some laptops um, some companies, especially with breaches going on, and after they clean out the computers, you can mm -hmm. get those donations where the, I mean, at least it gives you use computers. Yes, yes. We use those or use computers and kids. I mean, it gives them a chance to begin playing with those, at least playing with the computers to get to gain that confidence. Do y'all accept uh, monitors from people and or like 
from personal citizens that want to donate computers and monitors and things like that and printers? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We okay. Accept, yes. We accept those. So we have to then plan ahead of time and work with the shipping processes and all that good stuff. Because if it's out of the country, if it's maybe on another continent, mm -hmm. then the shipping process is going to be more, obviously, because if you, and you can fly with all that, those devices all in one bulk on the plane. So that has to be used. Um, sent by cargo and then it's also a process now with uh, COVID it takes much longer but we still it makes it works it works anything mm -hmm. is appreciated absolutely and do the do so you don't so the computers are like computer labs that help these computers help supply schools or is this like an after-school program where they go to a center and they're using these computers in a lab let's say format where they go and do their homework. Is it both? It's a, it's both. It could be okay. school, because this next project we're gonna work on, it's a school with about 500 children. Um, okay. Yes, so that one, they're gonna have to integrate it in a school program so the kids can have uh, computer classes. The previous ones, they've been um, after, like um, computer labs or children's service centers where they come after school to com mm -hmm. homework after they've helped with their parents with mm -hmm. children at home and they come there to complete their homework, learn new activities and uh, play together. Because so, I remember when I grew up, I used to go to a, what's called a recreation I, center, yeah, yeah. but it was more back then, it was, we didn't have computers really. And <laughs> I won't give away my age, but it was more to go do sports. But yeah. nowadays I see neighborhood recreation centers uh, probably have technology, probably have maybe even a couple people that help out with tutoring or whatever. That's so they probably make it much broader and incorporate a lot more technology today, I would Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Yeah. But so we go both ways because now, for instance, we went to Rwanda and computers were not were not something they wanted to look at. They were they were more focused on having exercise books because the kids didn't have even an exercise book to write in or even pencils. You mm. yeah. And this so is in Rwanda or? In Rwanda. Okay. Um, so this was a community with eight schools, about 4,000 <laughs> pupils. So we had to buy like, I don't know how many boxes of book, exercise books, pens, pencils and everything, have them delivered to the superintendent's office so that he can distribute them to the schools that need them. Mm. Um, much more need, but basic needs. So we try to kind of sense what is the need? Is it technology or really we have to start off on the basics? Or do we need to go back, yeah, to uh, the basics of having pencil and paper? I know, yeah. right? We, we all here in America think technology because that's where we're all at, but when yes. you're dealing with third world countries or whatever, there's a different need at first. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. Parents, we are all aware that public schools and private institutions use standardized testing to make a lot of decisions in terms of your children's academic success and placements in their schools throughout the year. Mastering test-taking strategies are very important so important that they need to be taken care of earlier on rather than in middle or high school. These strategies are something that can be taught to children if they are not aware of them. Reach out to us at Dynamis Learning Academy as we have done a great job in assisting children with understanding how to take tests and be successful at them.
We can be reached at 770-282-9931. Thank you. So can you tell us, uh, and maybe you can refer back to this if you went and saw this, but can you tell us how the recipients for um, your donations to your organization, how, how do the kids feel or the people who are receiving the donations? Can you talk a little bit about that and how, how they feel and what you see when they've gotten these things, you know, whether they're workbooks or they're the supplies or they're the technology. Oh, they're pretty, oh, they get it. They get extremely excited. And I think they count me as somebody they can rely on because it's funny when uh, holidays come up, it's funny that they have to reach out to me. They're like, oh, we need to, to have a, like a small festivity to get mm -hmm. together. And they reach out to me. And, uh, but whenever I fly down, the kids all surround me. I have some pictures on my website where I went the second time to deliver some more desktops this time. And all the kids were literally like all around me, like really cuddling. Oh, they were so close around me. Like, I mean, you could tell, you could tell they're getting used to the feel of having technology in their system, in their area. Because I mean, these are really rural areas. Now they know what it can do. <laughs> but that's awesome. Um, so obviously it brings a big smile to their faces and they, they get Absolutely. what this, this device can do for them or even the workbooks, what the workbooks and the pencils, what we take for granted as Americans, um, you know, it, it just brightens up a child's life. I know our kids here in America are like, what, paper and pencil? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can imagine, and, and I'm sure that just really warms your heart when they're all oh. jumping around you like, like, oh, she's here, yes. That means we got like candy or something. Like it's Halloween <laughs> or Christmas presents. <laughs> yes. and, and, and it's funny with computers, it's not only about uh, creating uh, content. It, it could be music. It could be just playing a game. It's just That's right. confidence of just being able to do anything you want with a computer. Now, I'm sure they're, they're really excited and ecstatic yeah. when they see you. Um, so what is the best piece of parenting advice that you've received over time that's helped you become a better parent? I know you have two adult children, so you've gone through all of that already. Um, I, I know there's uh, some great advice that you have to share here with other parents. Um, some great advice. So for my parents, the great advice I got was reaching those goals, set goals. Um, mm -hmm. Set goals, have them written down and making sure, I think when they're written down, it kind of forces you to reach them and achieve those goals. And I've tried to uh, instill that in my two sons um, and to listen to them, understand what they're talking about, validate and actually um, advise them better what, what my thoughts would be. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, we go back to Brene Brown's quote where she says imperfections are not and are not inadequacies, they are reminders that we're in this all together and we can work together to make a better world around us, we can help um, mm -hmm. children, um, no matter where they are, no matter whether they know nothing, but we can guide them and give them uh, a stepping a stepping stool to kind of climb up to the next level. So yeah. I so that quote by Brene Brown is imperfections are not inadequacies they are reminders that we're all in this together yes i love brene brown she's so oh, so, so knowledgeable 
So what is, uh, what can we, what can my audience do to help you um, and how can they reach out to you um, to find out either even more about the organization and the 503C and what you all are doing or um, if they can contact you, if you want to give a phone number or if there's a way to contact you on your website, what, what can people do to help you guys so you can grow this uh, and hit your big goal? <laughs> that, would very, that would be very awesome um the best way to reach us is going to be on onehopeforkids.org i repeat what so one hope o-n-e-h-o-p-e-f-o-r-k-i-d-z.org and so the kids is with a z and the phone number is um you can reach me on 615-689-3242 at any time and you could also send me a message from the website there's a, a contact us uh, um, page on the website where you could um, reach out to us and send us a note but we thank you so much for your support it will be greatly appreciated the children will appreciate it uh it's uh we might have to build our own children's center that is my goal in five years hopefully if it's not an, a, a technology academy it's going to be probably uh, a children's center where kids can come hang out and uh, kind of play with computer labs and all that stuff. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So again, folks, I know this will be in the uh, podcast notes, but it's one hope for kids and kids is Z not S. So one hope for kids.org. And there is a button there to contact uh, Elizabeth and you can reach out to her and she gave her phone number and that will also be in the notes. But you can also, of course, you know, donate to the cause. Um, and if, but if you want to learn more about it before you do that, please, I invite you to contact Elizabeth and talk to her. But the website has a big donate now button and you can go there and um, give as little and as much as you'd like. And of course, we got to keep in mind that we're helping children with uh, helping them get educated, which is a very important thing in life. Uh, without education, we really don't have much, unfortunately. So thank you very much, Elizabeth, for coming on to my show today and for you know giving us this knowledge of your 503C. I did not know anything about it until I met you. Thank you. Could I add a note as well? Yes. Um, with the pandemic that happened the last two years, the computer lab has helped kids to, tremendously to find a place they can go hang out, especially when schools were closed. Um, they didn't have anything to do. These computer labs give them a place to, to kind of fellowship together and learn things together. So it was really great experience. I wanted to add that. Sorry to, to catch you. Great. I'm, I'm sure this uh, pandemic has definitely um, really increased the need for the technology. I'm sure you saw that as well with the with the whole craziness of uh, the pandemic. So I know here in America, there's plenty of need here, right here in, in America. So, and it's great that we're helping third world countries as well and, and anybody that needs that assistance. So I love to see this organization grow even more as an educator of 25 years myself. Um, I can say, School systems need a whole lot of help. There's only so much money. Um, you know, luckily this past year, I think school systems have seen and have come about more money than usual because of what happened. But mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't have to be because of a pandemic that we need to get these all our children up to par with technology and other supplies. 
I mean, parents, I'm going to uh, encourage you to ask your teachers of your children, what do they need? Because a lot of times teachers are pulling money out of their own pocket. I can tell you that without a doubt <laughs> that I did that multiple times over 25 years. So we need to keep in mind that if you have the resources, parents, to help your child's classroom, something as simple as tissues, um, they go through tissue boxes very quickly, <laughs> especially in the winter months. <laughs> so, um, you know, masks possibly in this day and time, um, you know, anything that you can think of, pencils, maybe not as much here in, in, in depending on the school system. A lot of them have gone to the one-to-one -one technology and maybe pencils are not as much needed or paper, but kids still need to write because it's important for them. I just had this conversation with a parent the other day that we're going to be tutoring. It's important to write because it, it helps them to learn and it goes to the brain. So um, definitely reach out to your school systems and your principal and your assistant principals, parents, and directly to the teacher because they can tell you what the needs are. And a lot of times teachers have projects where they need a little bit of funding so that they can get what they need to make this lesson plan come alive. Absolutely. So um, definitely, definitely uh, anything related to education and helping children is number one on my list. <laughs> so you'll hear my, my soapbox. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much, Elizabeth, um, for sharing your organization with us today. And everyone, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, we'll be back again next week with another guest. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember, I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.